PulpMX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hi, everybody. Welcome in. This is the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Racetech. RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping over 75 bucks. It's easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted and number one source for all of us out there that want to get some stuff. I just ordered some Oakley Airbrake lenses. Total cost was $100, and I got free shipping. So there you go, RockyMountainATVMC.com. Go check them out. Fly Racing, woo, Formula Helmet, it's out. Go check them out at FlyRacing.com. Get yourself a Formula Helmet, some light hydrogen gear. I got me some black and high-vis gear that looks so sick. The new Formula Helmet is so much better than the F2, in my opinion. You guys want to go check it out. Um, You can go to Fly Racing or go to PulpMX.com. I just wrote an article about 10 things about the Formula Helmet. So do yourself a favor. Take 20 minutes and read 10 things by myself over at PulpMX.com. Racetech, racetech Racetech.com. I get a lot of questions about suspension. Honda CRF450 suspension was probably the best stuff I've ever had coming from Racetech. If you guys are Honda owners, go check them out. We're doing some WP stuff. I'm going to have my buddy Gary Sutherland try a set on his bike. And if there's any, anybody that's picky about suspension, holy shit, it's Gary Sutherland. So we're going to make him try some race tech stuff. And we're going to give you guys the feedback that you guys deserve because that's what we do here. But check him out. Engine, suspension work, vintage bikes, all kinds of stuff. I even had this guy sitting here in the studio today. His dad um, doesn't ride that much, but he's a shorter guy. And we had him lowered... The KTM 350, 350 Dual Sport. Dual Sport. Yeah, he's getting older. And, That's Michael uh, Allen, everybody. Sorry, this is Michael Allen. Uh, he's getting older and still wants to ride with me, but has no confidence because he can't touch the ground real well. So we had them lower it, and I'm still waiting to get his old ass out. And, you still uh, haven't did anything with that yet? Dude, he's. Racetech.com, everybody. Yeah. It's where we go to get our stuff then. Don't write about it. That's cool, man. Uh, I'm sorry. It's, it's coming soon. Coming soon. They keep everyone on two wheels. Yeah, there you go. Go to racetech.com, see what they have to offer. If you have any questions, hit me up, Chris at keyforinktesting.com, and I'll answer them for you. Anything related to my advertisers, I'm happy to do that. We are here today to talk about off road. Once again, man, I've been doing a lot of off road stuff. I'm just turned into an off-road guy, Mike. Easy. Well, you do have the crown, but you... I do have a crown. Yep. The one-day crown of hill climbing. I am the master of hill climbs. Mm-hmm. Suck it, Michael. Yep. But we are here to talk about the 2019 YZ450FX, correct? Yes. It is a you new... You did not go to the intro. I did not go to the intro. Randy went and Dom Dominic. went. My number one test guy, Dominic. Yep, number one test guy. <laughs> uh, he went, and uh, they got to go back east and ride it, and I was... Excited to get it when I got <clears throat> when it came back here, and I rode a lot on the old one, so I was excited to see the differences. Yeah, you spent a lot of time on the 2018 version. So what I did for you guys out there listening is, um, after the intro, we decided, hey, we want to ride, uh, spend some time on this bike, try to get you some settings, not do too much to it. I don't want to do a whole bunch to it, but for those of you guys out there getting this bike, we want to try to get you guys some settings, so maybe some engine maps. Um, so we received the bike. I gave it to Michael. Michael is an off-road guy. Firstly, I would say he's, he's, he's mostly 70, 30. Yeah, I'd say 70, 30 is good. Maybe 60, 40 lately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I ride a lot of off-road. I like off-road, but Chris makes me ride moto and turn tracks, which has made me a better off-road rider. Let me ask you this question. If you, okay, perfect example today. It's wet in the desert, moisture. If I wasn't around. Mm Mm-hmm. Would you have gone trail riding today, yes. or would you have gone moto today? No, trail ridden, for okay. sure. Yeah. So I am the only influence on you for moto. 
Yes, absolutely. Okay, so there you go. So actually, it's like peer pressure around over here. Mm-hmm. It's like high school. Mm-hmm. You have to moto because that's basically what I do. And you can ask my buddies. They give me shit about it all the time. Kiefer doesn't trail ride. All he does is moto. But I love riding moto tracks. I love trail riding to a certain point. I went about three times in the past two months. And that's good. I, I think I hit my quota. That's your quota for the year. Yeah. Um, right. I do love everything about off-road, honestly. Like, I grew up out in the desert. I rode hare and hounds. I and rode don't, you- don't let him fool you. He can ride off-road really, really well. And it pisses, it pisses me off still <laughs> because I see myself as a pretty good off-road rider. Yeah, you are. And we get to some stuff, and I'm like, oh, I got him, I got him covered right yeah. here. And then he just makes me look like an idiot. I wouldn't so. say look like an idiot, but I do know how, when it's time to time and it's time to pull something out of my ass, I can do that, you know? So when it's time, yep. it's in the bag. Yep, in the bag. So anyway, I grew up out racing the desert, Lucerne Valley, uh, District 37, National Hare and Hound um, District 37, Big Six Grand Prix. That's what I've raced for the last few years. I've kind of tapered off a little bit since I've gotten older, but I raced all the Heron Hounds, National Heron Hounds, followed them, and GPs, and I raced this new 450FX at a Sprint Enduro this year. So Okay, so let's get to this. Let's get to the basics mm-hmm. from a guy maybe wanting one of these things mm-hmm. and maybe didn't read our articles, listen to the previous podcast with Dom. What is the main difference for you coming from the 18 and the 19? I think if, it's a, let, let's, here's the question that I get, okay? Sorry yeah. to interrupt you. No, yeah. I'm doing what Steve does to me all the time. I get emails, hi, Chris, can I ask you a question? I want to save – I have a chance to save a couple thousand dollars. There's my Yamaha dealership has a 2018 brand new for X amount. They also have the 2019. Is it worth the money, the extra money to spend on the 19? I think it depends who you are and what your ability and what you want to do with the bike is. If you're an aggressive racer, you're going to go race works, you're going to be competitive, then yeah. But if you're someone who trail rides, races a little bit, maybe, because uh, I still need to as well, but maybe you still need to work on your technique and you know the bike's not really holding you back, the 18's still a really good bike. Right. I think... The 19 is better. They It feels slimmer to me. It feels a little bit lighter. What about I frame geometry on, when you're riding? It feels stable to me, It, but the old one felt stable as well. I think the the balance of the chassis is better. I, I got a lot of seesaw effect in the older bike. So when you're talking about seesaw, you're talking about engine braking. Right. Correct? Yep. So pitching. Right. Right. And I think overall, the suspension settings on the older bike were softer, period. I think everything's been firmed up. With this new model. So he is correct. So Yamaha did go to work on chassis and suspension. Um, I do not know how much... Well, I, should, I shouldn't say I do not. I know mapping has changed, so that does help engine braking. But overall, a lot of it had to do with fork spring rate, um, shock spring rate, and just overall valving setting. So there's less pitching off-throttle. Right. When you get off-throttle on the old model and go to... You know, get on the front brakes, dive into a rut... It would go from kind of raked out to being really ass and high, ass and high coming into the corner, and kind of gives you a knifey feeling. Where this one still does that to a certain extent, but not near what the old one did. Okay. And when you talk about mapping, it's important to let people know the F maps do not work in the FX. Okay. Why is that? I don't know, but that's what I was told from Yamaha. It, okay. The computers don't don't jive together. don't jive together. Okay. There are. There are four maps that I have that I was given from Yamaha. I have MX Power Feeling, I have Mild Power, High Revving, and Torquey. Right. And depending on what I was doing, I really did switch through the maps. You can only have two of them in the bike at one time. Because you uh, got a map switch. Because you got a map switch on the bike. Light Which the on. F does not have. 450F does did not, not have that. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. No, I don't ride the F, so I didn't know that. You wrote it today. I did. I guess I just didn't We're going to talk about that, too. Yep. But... For those of you guys listening, I get that email a lot too. The 450FX has a map switch on the handlebar. You can go from map one, map two on the fly. The 250F has a map switch. Go from map one, map two, but the 450F does not have that. We are looking for that for 2020. I was going to say probably next Correct. year. Uh, and I did switch between these maps when I went to the, uh, let's say, the Sprint Enduro that I raced. I expected it to be a lot faster, the the race course, and I had the MX Power Feeling map in the bike for the first loop that I went and did, and it was noticeably, it was too aggressive, the power was, off the bottom was too snappy. Too touchy. Too touchy, Mm -hmm. and you go to, 
kind of blip the throttle through little rock gardens and stuff. And if you're not covering the clutch, you may want to cough. And it, it's just too herky-jerky, I guess you'd say, yeah, on yeah, and off. Right. And so for the next time I went out, I just pulled my phone out, changed the map in it. I went to mild power, and it kind of tamed everything out and made it a lot easier to ride. In Chamfered. Chamfered, yes. It Chamf- chamfered the it edges. Chamfered. Chamfered. P H. Oh, oh, no, P- it's F. Sorry, it's F. I'm wrong. Okay. Uh, it, it made it a lot easier to ride in those conditions where you didn't need to cover the clutch as much and it was uh, more linear. So let me ask you this question since you obviously have more time on this bike. Going from the MX, what's it called? MX Power Feeling. MX is- Power Feeling to the Mild? Uh, yes, Mild Power. Mild Power. Does it make the bike feel heavier, or is it doing anything to the corners? Does I want to it... say it makes it feel a lot more lethargic. Uh, coming out of corners, when you really want a snap of power, the mild power, it feels like it, the bike's too loaded down, and uh, it doesn't get the wheel spin that I'd want. But when you put the MX power feeling, it, it really makes it more aggressive. Have you ever used that, utilize the map switch while you're racing, where you've gone to the mild in certain sections and then flipped it to... MX power mode. I did not. It's, the race that I was in was all technical, but I could see it like a hare and hound or something. Let's say you're going wide open through the desert. You want MX power feeling in sand washes, and then you get onto like a third loop where you're in tighter rock gardens and stuff. Then you switch it to the other map and be mild power. Have you ever, since you've been on this thing, have you ever switched it while you're riding? I have not. Really? No, I've, I've switched it. You know, you come to a stop with your buddies trail riding. Right. Oh, I want to try this. I'll switch it then, mm-hmm. but never actually while I'm riding. It's not to say you can't be done. It obviously Just can. Just because but... you don't think about it? Yeah, I kind of want once I'm riding, I'm not really, I'm thinking about how it's feeling, but not really, oh, I want to change it right now. So for those of you guys listening out there to this, that's the reason why you have handlebar mounted map switches, okay? It's not there just for you to stop. It's there to be utilized, especially on the KTM as well. It's like you have map one, map two, and you have TC. You you can use all that while you're riding for the track conditions. Like certain parts of the track has deeper soil. Second part of the track, especially out the stuff that we ride out here for testing, there's a clay based. Um, the lower section is sand based. So I can see going back and forth. You just have to, as a human being and as a rider, have to remember, remember to do to that. Do it, right. We're so focused on riding on what we're doing. Yeah, it's kind of like when you get to a track, like when you have an air fork. You're like, yeah. I, I, want, <laughs> I don't even want to adjust the change. Oh shit! Yeah, I didn't do yeah. my air for it. Like, right, but that's there for you guys to right. use. So yeah. don't forget that that switch is there. And if you guys are trail riding, bring your phone along. If you have a vest, which you did right. today, I did. Vest is life. On the you know, after he's like, we we're on a moto track, and Michael was like, man, it's real deep. Could just rain. It's real deep and soft. And I had it on mild power. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I'm going to go to MX power feeling. Right. And it was better for you. Right, because in it from the last time I raced, I had mild power and torquey loaded in there. And I was like, oh, well, neither of these are really what I want because it was really heavy today, the dirt was. So I just, it it literally took less than a minute and a half to switch the map with my phone. Any other engine settings or tips that you guys, you know, you can give the guys out there? Uh, One thing that, to make it legal to go race is we reached out to FMF. They gave us a 4.1 with the spark arrestor to put in it to go race. And without the spark arrestor... Stop. Oh, boy. Are you going to go where I think you're going? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to oh go there. Oh, boy. Okay. Stop. Go ahead. Okay. If you know where I'm going, what, what am I going to say? Um, that I may or may not have gone to the race and not had the spark arrestor in it? Correct. Yeah. Because... Um, so when you guys go to FMF, the spark arrestor... It's in the box. It's in the box. I was a complete idiot. Hold on. Yep. Did someone tell you to check the box? You said check the box, and I was like, I just don't think they sent it. And I was rushing last minute, and I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to go. It's they, they, they won't check it. And they didn't check it. But uh, if I think that added to when I had the MX map in it. Uh-huh. I think having that open exhaust also took some away from the bottom end. Okay. Kind of a, took away the linear field, give it more bark, which is that's fine for sand tracks and whatever else, but. Today, I have the spark arrestor back in it, and I think that extra little bit of back pressure helped the bike out a little bit. Yeah, and you guys know, listening to this podcast, not every bike, I'm not going to say the KTM and Huskies don't need as much back pressure, but the Yamahas, Kawasaki's, they need some back pressure. So inserts aren't a horrible thing. Spark arrestor screens aren't a horrible thing. And if you're a moto guy, you do get some of that back pressure, and you get some more throttle response, a.k.a. pulling power feeling down low. And that's important for these, especially for the Shama, because that's its 
And that's its bread and butter, man. It's so nice coming out of a corner to have all that meat and power. And, you know, I so. felt like it gave me a little more connectivity to the rear wheel okay, with, the, so with the throttle. Now, using this 4.1 mm-hmm. with the screen, yep. where did it help? I think that right at the bottom. The, I think that's where it helped coming out of corners. Maybe did it not hurt so, anywhere? Not so on off. I don't. Uh, maybe a little bit of over rev. That's where I felt like without it helped the top end more. But all in all, God factor. Even stock exhaust are really good nowadays. Yeah, Yamaha stock exhaust. You guys know this. It's good. It's developed good. But um, when you want to go race it, it doesn't have a spark arrestor. Correct. So you kind of have to do something. And we can touch on this real quick before we move on the chassis stuff. You're, you're a stickler with handguards. It doesn't come with handguards. It does not. Yamaha put them on for the intro, which you uh, you may or may not have given TP crap for. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't come with it, so why are they doing that, right? Right. So I feel like it should. It, it comes with a bitch and skid plate that covers a lot. It covers the lower radiator hose, the bottom spigot of the radiator itself, the skid plate's bitching. It should come with handguards, though. Um, put you on the spot. How many hours are we up on this thing? After today, I would say... Between 15 and 20, I didn't check it. Okay. But. So usually we do a living with on this thing around 30 to 40, and then we always come back to it on a 50-hour mark. So 20-hour um, mark, how many have you gone through any parts, engine Just, engine stuff? Uh, engine stuff, no. Oil change, I did probably three oil changes, air filter changes like usual, went through a set of tires. Uh, I did go through fork seal, left side fork seal, which okay. I also had an issue with on the 250F. Yeah, so Yamaha's prone to have leaky seals. I get those on my 450F as well. Um, the culprit is, here, here's the dilemma, and I ran into this problem when I was doing some R&D with KTM several years ago. We'd get a seal that was really low friction, but we'd have leaky seal problems um, to seal against that fork leg. Any kind of nick. There's not as much contact area with right. the seal. So it moves nice and freely, but yet, it can pass some oil through at any given time if there's any kind of blemish right. in that seal or fork or leg. Or the fork leg itself. Okay. Turn the page over to I'm going to get a little bit more of a durable fork seal. Now you get a little bit of stiction. Your fork feels a little harsher. You guys out there listening may not even you know, think about this, but fork seals are huge when it comes to a feeling of a fork being comfortable, plush, moving in the stroke freely. So... I think Yamaha is really good on the performance side of things on the seals, but I Not think so they much durability. Hurt on durability. So I think that after talking with certain people, that the fork guard may not wrap around near far enough either, to where you know the front tires flinging up stuff, mm-hmm. and then hitting the fork and nicking the fork, and you know if you have a, a a guard that wraps around a little farther, it acts. Old school KTM guards used to do that. The ones that wrapped all the way around. Yeah, and then you just try a pro. What was those fork guards you just tried? Pro fork guards, a pro torque, or what is it? It's pro tech. That's oh, what it is. Pro-tech. They're out of England, and they they do offer fork guards for Hondas, KTM's, Huskies, but they do not have anything for Yamahas. But yet. they said they are going. They to. are. They do want to. It does. It wraps around farther. It's not the full wrap around. Remember the KTM's like you were talking about, right? I personally didn't like those because to take the fork guard off, you have to pull off the whole fork to correctly remove the fork guard, which I thought was kind of lame. I yeah, know some people cut them in the back, pain in the ass, yeah. right? But these don't these don't wrap all the way around. They just wrap really far, and they leave you a gap so you can spread it around. And the benefit the of having a wrap around, like you said, seal protection, fork leg protection. But if you do have a fork guard that wraps around too much, a la KTM, not only what Michael mentioned here about you know having a pain in the ass to um, disassemble the stuff, but also mud packs into that kind of stuff. And that could damage your seal as well. And then you I have jam- tested with Honda in the past on fork guards, period. We've had several days just on fork guards and a wrap around and how much to wrap around and just riding in muddy conditions and mud packs up against that guard into the leg and it fucks things up. I was gonna say then you're jamming mud and rocks into the seal. Right. So anyway, we just wanted to let you know that the seals are not the most durable thing on the Yama, but Yamaha is a durable bike besides the seals. Besides the so seals, yeah. Make sure to take care and and maybe you know this, but you know, you're a mechanical guy. You can pop your dust seal away. And kind of clean up in there. Yes. You can yeah. kind of clean up in there Some and get contact your, cleaner. Right. So that that end piece you can kind of pop away with a little screwdriver just to get it down. Yep. And then you can clean it. Um I'm trying to think of the 
what is that little piece, like a little gauge, that little things, little feeler feeler, gauge. feeler gauges, yeah, like for feeler gauge and yeah, wipes yeah. it around. I've heard that. I've even heard people use like sticker backings and stuff, and, yeah, or exactly. goggle tear something super thin, right? That is not going to cut the seal, right? So yeah, that's something you guys can look into. So moving on to the suspension side, I know we get a lot of questions about, hey, what do I ride my stuff? I'm I'm a seventy thirty rider like yourself, right? I think that's who this bike is targeted for as well. It's it is an off road race bike, but let's get real, nobody. I shouldn't say nobody. Not everybody wants to just ride the WR and get the trail bike if you're a trail guy right. because it's really tamed down and, and whatnot. This bike is not so far off of the F as the WR is, and it's a good trail bike. I rode it a lot on trails, and I think they did a super good balance for comfort and performance on the suspension. Trail riding, stock, out of the gate, settings are good. I'm six foot, 182. <clears throat> Are you going down? I'm up. Oh, you're up. I'm up. What were you at? I was like 178. For, uh, remember, last time I was a Vero Home life is good, people. Home That's what happens good. when home life's good. She keeps me fed. Yeah, so, so let's say 180, 185. Stock for me, trail riding, it's really comfortable. So I we set the sag to 105. 105. Um, fork leg is flush. S- standard. Which is five millimeters up. Five millimeters up. Okay. And you've left that there. Yep. After even after swapping the forks to get a new fork seal, I put it right back where it was. Right. Uh, I did not mess with the clicker for trail riding. I didn't think it needed it. You go into hard G out or or really really deep whoops. Let's let's talk about this real quick. Okay. Because this is we're transparent here, right? Yep. Michael scared to change clickers. Straight <laughs> up told me like, yep. Here's he, Michael will tell me what the bike is doing. He has no problem doing that, but he gets. Uh, Confused. I yes. don't feel knowledgeable enough. Okay, to to click around to to know what you're doing. Correct. So he asked me, "What should I do?" He'll say, "It's doing this." I'll give him suggestions and to I'll, which way to go. And ninety nine percent of the time, they work. Okay, so today we're on a motocross track. Right now, this motocross track, everybody is has some G outs, a few G outs, and some chop, a lot very of chop. choppy, fast. Yep, and corners. Mm-hmm. And which way did we go? Went stiffer. We went stiffer. Two? Two in the rear. Two in the rear. Yep. And anything on the front? I did not touch the front. So he wanted a little bit more of a holdup in the rear. There was one from- one section in particular. You kind of come down a little hill, jump off a little whoop, and then into a kind of a sharp G out. And I noticed it's blowing through it to what like, – it's it's bottoming so much my feet are touching the dirt. The dirt. Right. So I knew it's just going too far. So I, only going in two changed it enough for me. I feel like if I go farther – Maybe it's going to sacrifice somewhere else mm-hmm. where just the two helped and it And now when we do trail ride the, you know, to the track, this is what we do here in the high des. We usually ride from my house to the tracks, but there's trails all around my house. And do you feel any uncomfortable sensation? No. But then when I – speaking of comparing the two, when I got on your F because I spun – we did lap times yep. on the FX mm-hmm. and then I got on your F. Everything – I like to explain it I guess like this. In terms of corners and performance, the F felt more like a like a fillet knife. Like you could put it exactly where you want it, mm-hmm. but it wasn't very comfortable. Okay. The FX is more maybe like a butter knife where it does the job, right? But you're a lot more comfortable. I don't really, I don't, I don't understand that analogy. No, I mean, like what's the butter? Can give me an analogy of the butter knife? It doesn't cut very sharp also, or very okay. accurate. But you got to work out a little bit more. Yeah, you got to work out a little okay, bit more. I put some more now. work in it. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a got bad it, analogy. Anyway. No, no, I like that. No, but either it. way, the F, like when I, breaking bumps on yours, it felt a lot more violent. The, even the power felt more violent. Right. But I felt like I could turn it in and knife it exactly where I wanted it, where the FX maybe took a little more rider input to, to get it where I so wanted it. What you guys ask me a lot out there is F, FX, which one do I need? And if you're like Mike, and I, I'm not going to answer for Mike, so he can probably answer for himself, but I feel like Mike is more of an FX kind of guy. If I was going to spend my money, I'd buy the FX. Right. So the F is not as comfortable. No. Will you have more fun? Will your lap times be faster when you're fresh? Absolutely. On the F. Right. Better. My lap time was two seconds faster on two the F. Two seconds on the F. But could you sustain that? No. I, I start, even towards the end of the one lap, my arms started pumping a little right. bit. So the F will move more in the stroke. Possibly feels a little bit lower, um, maybe a little bit heavier in the corners, obviously. Right. But the F, just I, not as comfortable. But you can get the job done with the FX. Yeah. 
and still retain that comfort. So I've I spent some time on the FX as well on, on straight up Glen Helen, Sunrise. Never went to Milestone, but been to Paula. Travis Preston is a good friend of mine. He spends a lot of time on the FX, and dude, he's like Travis likes it. He said he didn't he tell you? He yeah. sat there and told you like. Yep. And this is like not even on the clock, Travis. No, we're we're trail riding on Christmas Eve, right? And he took an FX, and we're riding in the hills. And he goes, man, this bike is really good. Like, if you had to have one bike, and you're going to trail ride, and you're going to moto, it's, a, it's good. Right. It really is. The target weight for this bike for suspension is anywhere between 170 to 190. Um, if you are over 200, I feel like maybe we need to go to some springs. Right. Maybe not a shock spring. No, I, think you I, I don't the, think a shock spring. Right. Um, fine with you being over two bills, but... Fork spring, you're probably going to want to go up a rate. You're really going to notice that divey front end entering right. corners and, and even bottoming on G-outs. Now, what about GNCC guys? Slow speed stuff. Comfortable enough for those guys? Yeah, really comfortable. Yeah. It, that's where I feel, that's what I mean. They did a really good balance with, that's where I kind of take trail riding pace stuff through rocky stuff and whatnot. It's really compliant through the rocks. It doesn't ping me off one way or the other and i didn't have bibs in or anything i rode deflective you know deflective. deflect yeah. Yeah, yeah i didn't have bibs in or anything i just rode tubes with you know 13 psi which is probably a little low in the rocks but right. did it, you run that much at, your, at the race yeah you did yeah okay uh but it never deflected me off any weird direction or anything it it really tracked straight with some weight people comes stability right right that's one thing i've learned especially even straight line stability yeah and let's say the back's maybe a little bit soft well, wide open with a soft rear end a little bit, it choppers out, and that creates more stability. So the FX, for most of the guys out there that want to be a hybrid rider, I would say go to an FX. The 19. The 19, yes. yes. The 18 was good. There's nothing wrong with the 18, but I do believe it's a better FX. Let me ask you this. We didn't cover this in the engine portion of this podcast. What about transmission spacing? I actually... After riding the F and the FX, I preferred the FX today. When I got on yours, uh-huh. I felt like I was hunting a little bit. Okay, that's ours. What do you mean? Uh, between gears, I felt second, like I third, could, second, third. I felt like I could just leave the FX in third for okay. almost the whole track and just chug along. Just chug along where I felt like your F, I was in between second. Yeah, third, I kind of heard third. that when Mike was riding today. He was like, he was trying to go fast, right? He's trying to lay a heat down, so second gear would rev out. But yet, I felt like he didn't want to shift to third because it really wouldn't pull it that hard out of corners, right? So FX is more like a tractor. Yeah, I, I liked the transmission spread more on the FX. Yeah, and some guys, um, Gary Sutherland, another close friend of mine, he's commented about transmission spacing. He liked the F better, right? Um, but he is strictly really gnarly, hard on bikes, <laughs> yeah. fast, bigger right. rider. You're not as big as him. right? So I would say spacing is okay. And if you feel like you can't pull third corner, you know, third gear in the corners, and, and Mike, like I said, Mike... Is a B level motocross rider, so he's not out there just railing and ripping corners every time. He does make mistakes, so and if he can pull third gear, I'm sure most of you guys out there will be able to do the same thing with the stock gearing. Right. So that's where I'm kind of leading to this point here: is stock gearing is is good. Yeah, I like the stock gearing. If you must do the Jody and you want to go up a tooth, you could, you could do I that. Get it? Yeah. Then I know we give that MXA portion a hard time, but yes, but it's a it thing. does help. Right. Um, and let's in fifth gear wide open. It's fast. Yeah. It's, if if you you said didn't we have a dirt rider? When we were dirt, dirt rider. Rider. When we had the older model, it was good on a GPS at 101. I don't know if they changed gearing or whatnot I don't with think the 19. The gearing was changed on the old one. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. Stock gearing on the old one. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, I yeah. see what you're saying. They didn't change the gearing for 19. Yeah. But we had it on a GPS at 101 miles an hour with with good old Chris Dennison. Right. Rest so in maybe peace. Maybe a slight Chris. tailwind. Right. Yeah. But either way, it was you two doing imp- that, right? Yeah. yeah. That's impressive. Where'd you guys do that at? Honda Valley. I know, but where at? Like on the road, the just on a power line road. Was no downhill. No, no, no. Just straight up. Yep. Okay. Well, there you go. Hey, what's up? Technology. That's what I'm talking about here. It's a great thing. I love it, but I also can pull my hair out with it as well. However, there is a company that you probably have seen on the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Skosh. It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to skosh.com and check out all the products. They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have phone chargers for your Droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach all the way across your house 
if you need a charger and you don't have an outlet close, like my house, I don't have that many outlets, they just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier when you're out in the garage, when you're in your car, when you're at your house. Just, I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom Buoy. It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. So founded in 1980, Skosh Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling, you're sitting in traffic. You guys need to check them out, skosh.com. Committed to delivering the superior products that we all want, quality and functionality, exceptional value, and unmatched customer service. The designers and engineers at Skosh develop products that reflect a rich heritage in audio and mobile technology. Skosh finds inspiration in the California lifestyle, culture, music, and people. These influences can be seen in accessories and products that are now in the hands of of homes, offices, vehicles, and people all over the world. 50 countries, okay? Hundreds of patents, trademarks, and countless industry awards received. It's easy to see why Skosh is constantly at the forefront of technology. These guys are cool. They're huge motorcycle enthusiasts. They even gave us a product code, SCOKT25. That's SCOKT25. Use that code when you go to skosh.com. Get 25% off. Seriously, guys, go check them out. You won't ever get it. If you want to hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. I'll let you know more. But very cool guys over there. Thanks, skosh. Skosh.com. Screenprintingdone.com. You guys looking to make up some shirts, hoodies, or hats with a logo on it? Or maybe you want a logo made up for your business and you want to transfer that over to some t-shirts? Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com. Neil over there is a writer. He owns the company. He is a rad human being, and he is here to hook you guys up. Order 12 shirts and get 10 for free. They have all different kinds of shirts, hoodies, hats, different fabrics, all different kinds of stuff. Go hit them up, ScreenPrintingDone.com. Tell them Kiefer sent you and get 10 free shirts. Be sure to say Kiefer. That's right, Kiefer and ScreenPrintingDone.com. Go check them out. Thanks, Neil. Have you guys checked out BloodLubricants.com? If you haven't, BLUDLubricants.com. Go check them out. Three new series of oils, Blood Power Sport Series, the Blood Racing Pro Series, and the Blood Racing Pro Elite Series. I have Michael Allen here with me. We've been doing two different types of oils in our test bike. Mike has been doing the Blood Power Sports Series. Everything going good there? Everything's going good. I use it in all our test bikes, the ones that I prep and maintain, and uh, it runs a little cooler than production oils, and uh, I know you've done some testing with that. Yeah, so basically before Jeff and the guys came on board, I had to check legitimacy of this stuff because um, I didn't want no crap involved in keyframe testing. Um, honestly, tried it. Was very surprised about the oil. Did some temperature readings. It was little over 30 degrees cooler in my YZ450F compared to some other oils I've been running. So the stuff is good. They sponsor over 250 racers from Enduro, Enduro Cross, Hair Scrambles, UTVs, Supercross now. They got some Supercross guys. So go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Use the discount code Kiefer and get some percentage off your oils. They'll ship them to you. Probably get a hat or two. You know, Jeff's a good dude. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Thanks to the guys over at 6D Helmets. That's right. They are on board with the KieferInkTesting.com, Kiefer Tested Podcast. We thank them for joining us. You have a street bike, a dirt bike, or do you pedal? You have a mountain bike. Head over to 6DHelmets.com. Check out the full line of helmets they offer. I'm sure they have a helmet for you. Hey, I get questions all the time. Kiefer, what helmet would you choose if you could pick one to buy? If you're going to spend your own money, Kiefer, where are you going? While there are a lot of helmets that are safe out there, okay, I do feel the safest in a 6D helmet. I've had many crashes in my ATR1. I've had a couple in my ATR2, and it has done its job. It's advanced ODS technology. It's race-proven. 
I'm telling you guys. And it's light. The new ATR2, it comes in at 1,480 grams. It's fully rebuildable. Very cool colorways. I trust the guys over at 6D Helmets. Maybe you guys should too. Hit me up over at chris at keyforinktesting.com. Maybe get a special discount code if you want to get a 6D. So please, guys, go check them out. 6D Helmets. Hit me up. Tell me how you like yours. And if you don't have one, maybe go get one. Thanks, 6D. Hey, Heather. Hey, Chris. Did you know that every two-stroke KTM and Husqvarna come with a Vertex piston in the engine from the factory? No, I did not. 65 years ago, Vertex Piston was founded in a small technical workshop in northern Italy. Today, because of the renowned reputation for exceptional quality, Vertex is an OEM supplier to KTM, Husqvarna, and more exotic brands like Beta, Gas Gas, and TM. No matter which brand of bike you ride with, when it's time to go ride or time to rebuild your top end, Vertex Pistons will have your engine performing better than new. To see their full range of two-stroke and four-stroke pistons, in replica, high compression, or GP-style configurations, visit them at VertexPistons.com or stop in your local dealer and ask for a Vertex Piston Kit today. And if you guys want a discount code, hit me up, Chris, at KeeferInkTesting.com, and I've got one for you. Save some money. VertexPistons.com Bump absorption, chassis feeling, straight line stability. It's all really good. Okay. And- to compare it to the RX, yep. I have not ridden the brand, brand new RX, but I don't think it's changed a whole lot. It, the RX is much more moto-y, I feel, than the FX, because those two bikes are really the ones we're comparing to, or the, the KTM XCF. That now would... that we kind of rated you a 70-30 rider, what would you rate this FX? 70-30. Okay, so really... where would you rate CRF? Um, for CRF, RX? I'd put it. Eighty-five fifteen. Oh wow! Like I think it's way too motoy for me. I feel like it's way too motoy. Mm-hmm. Don't want to let the cat out of the bag. But Vital had their off-road shootout, and I do know the results to that. But yeah. I will not bust that out here because okay. that's mean. But yeah, that you can't do that. But one of the comments from the riders, which was Klinger, which was my good buddy at Dirt Rider, and you know he tried ta- to take he tried to take me for that. Oh what? He tried to take me for off-road. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows better. He ain't doing that. I had to put him in check for that. <laughs> can't be taking riders, Klinger. Come on, dude. <laughs> Anyway, so I talked to him, and he talked to me about all the bikes, and he rode. He's like, man, I really like the Honda a lot. And Klinger's 220. Yeah. Probably. He lost a lot of probably, weight, too, yeah. but he's you know rides more. And he's like, I had the most fun for the first 10 minutes on the RX. Right. But after that, I'm tired. Right. And that's what you're kind of getting Yeah. At. It's, it's too aggressive. It is fun for a little bit, for little spurts of energy here and there. But to ride all day or race all day at an off-road race, it's too much. Right. The so, power's too aggressive. The chassis's too stiff. It's too much. Ergonomics? And ergonomics. It's, it's Yamaha. It's You're good. fine. You sit on it. Comfortable. No problems. Right away. Seat. Seat's fine. Um, Not feeling the fuel tank or anything? No. I do like the... Actually, when Mathis was up here and we went off-road riding, or Mathis off-road. That's <laughs> awesome. Know, easy. Uh, he was complaining about the tank on his F. He's like, I don't know where the fuel is at. And I said, well, it's, it's translucent. I didn't realize the Fs have a black tank. The FXs have a somewhat translucent tank where you can see the fuel from the side. I never knew that. Yeah, and you, it lets light in from the outside, so when you're looking down through the, the fill spout, you can see the level a lot better than the can F. Can you reduce? Can you see it? Yeah, you can see it. Okay. It's, it's better than the, the F model. Um, are you on stock grips? Yep, stock grips. How do you feel about them? I like the Yamaha stock grips. Okay. Not too hard in A your lot hands. better than Cowie stock grips. And you're a once-a-week rider? Yeah, once-a-week rider. Yeah, so his hands aren't too pussified, no. but... They're not. I have fabricator hands too. I mean, I work with right. my hands for yeah, a living. Yeah, you're a blue collar guy. Right. You work. So, um, uh, handlebar bends okay for you. Mm-hmm. Stock no bends problems. good. Nope. Uh, it will do race miling, miling, mileage 45, like racing aggressively, trail riding 55, 60. So, it'll make a first loop at a national It'll make hand. a hare and hound first loop, yeah. No problem. No problem. Okay. Do we don't know the gallons on the I tank? don't know the gallon. I don't have that. I think on me. it is. Bigger than it's the up on, It's up on the website. Go to keyforinktesting.com. It's up there. I have heard some issues. I've gotten a few emails from people about the air filter on the newer Yeah, we talked Yamahas. about this last night while we were sitting around. Um, letting dirt in. The vibration mm-hmm. lets dirt in because this cage doesn't wrap – the filter doesn't wrap around the cage like a traditional style filter wraps around a cage. It It kind of just sets on it. The cage kind of just sets on the filter. Right. And also it's a problem because – the intake is obviously just a straight downspout from the filter. So when you go to take a really dirty filter off, you have to be careful 
or you're going to drop some crumbs of, of dirt into the intake. The, the good news is they have a backfire screen there, right? Right. And that saves bigger chunks of stuff. But that filter system is not the best sealing system. And, and Travis and I kind of spoke about this. You really have to be careful when you put the, the plastic filter cage prongs yep. on the, you know, grab those two hooks down. Mm-hmm. You really got to focus in. And then once you do, you can't really just haul ass and put your filter in. You got to pay attention and make sure that it's sealed all the way around if you're using a stock filter system. Right. I like a twin air. They have a cage. They have a power flow kit is what they call it. Mm-hmm. It's more of a wraparound style filter. Um, but that backfire screen cage is not there. So Yo, you got to take it off. No, no, it doesn't come with one. Oh, okay, it doesn't come. So with it has another plate. It's aluminum piece yep. that just goes straight. There's, it's it's right. wide open. So what Mike was saying is, hey, when you do take your dirty filter out, you got to be damn sure that you be careful when you when you pop it out and remove it that none of these big particles, these pieces of mud slash dust or bushes or whatever the fucks in your filter, right, fall in doesn't there. fall straight into that intake because it's going straight it's, down. It's, down it's, in a, there. it's a it's a hole. It's like a the black hole. Yeah. Yeah. It's like going out in the desert and you see a mound of dirt and you're like, oh, I want to jump that. Don't jump that. No, it's it, a mine shaft. Yeah, it came from somewhere. It's so like, that's what this thing is. It's like a damn mine shaft going down into your your and, engine. You ain't getting it out. So don't. So I recommend a twin air power flow kit. I do like that, but just be careful. You just got to take your time. Just really, if your chick's talking to you in the garage, trying to distract you, just tell her to chill down. Chill, chill down. I need to get my filter out. I need to make sure my bike's not going to blow up. Okay, so. That's one of the things we noticed. Maintenance, what have you been doing? Oil filters, oil, air filters, and that fork seal. How's Other, that chain? Chain's fine. O-ring, O-ring, life. O-ring chain. Stretching? No, but I, I, don't quote me. I want to say it does not have a master link. It's pressed? I want to say it's no, pressed. No, there's no way. Yeah, the master link is pressed. So, I mean, if you're out on the trail. So, yeah, we it, just went and checked. Yeah. We're just, it, you know, double-checking our work here and so it's pressed in it's pressed in so if you're out on the trail don't have a spare master link so homeboys better, in the garage how am i getting this off better have a chain breaker chain breaker yep grinder grinder <laughs> grinder yeah so i mean it's o-ring chain it's a good chain i've just been adjusting it lubing it haven't had any problems how with often it. you have to adjust i adjusted it twice out of the out of the gate mm-hmm. and it did its initial stretch like all chains do and it hasn't been bad since rule of thumb on these chains for the yamaha two fingers from the chain guide on the swing arm, chain slider, I should say. Um, anywhere from two to three fingers is what I do. Now, are you a on-the-stand guy, or are you weight-on-the-bike guy? I am on-the-stand guy. Okay, and I'm weight-on-the-bike guy. Okay, so usually, like, when two to three fingers on the stand, leave you with one and a half. I was going to say one and a half. To two right. when you're sitting on it. Right. So KTMs, Hondas are a little different. Right. But Yamahas, that's a good rule of thumb, especially if you have a new chain. It's okay to run a little bit tighter because that thing's going to stretch out in the first 10 minutes anyway. Right. Um, up to you to run an O-ring or not, but you're a fan of O-ring chains. Off-road. Off-road O-ring. life. O-ring's a little you don't better. care about drag as much no. as auto No, on my 125, you know, that's a little different story, but right. this is a, uh, a good chain. Stock tires, Dunlop? Dunlop's um, 3S. Yep, you're good. Well, until they, they chunk. chunk, until they, they chunk, yeah. Um, you've had some chunking, eh? Yeah, yeah, some bad chunking. That, like I said, the sprint enduro I did was really rocky. The front, all the side knobs, it was every other knob was missing. The rear and just same. Not so much the center knobs, but side knobs chunked off, missing. I think that's kind of just a three S thing. They don't like that kind of abuse. I don't know if you in motoring you tear knobs as well. Um, I do. If I keep them on long, I don't usually keep them on long enough. Right. Only if I'm testing a tire will I keep it on really long just right. to get the base of it. I mean, I got. Eight ten hours out of them, right? And they were which is not bad. No, ten hours for a tire is usually the standard issue for right. a good tire, right? Right. I'm and four fifty is obviously going to roast through them a little bit more than two fifty F. You're going with the Duro. What's this Duro? Right, Duros <laughs> will last about forty seven hours, but you will not have traction. <laughs> you will have zero performance. <laughs> but I mean, those tires are good. It, I would rather have that than an AT eighty one on there because I don't like the AT eighty ones. And I think it was a good choice for them to put the... Let's talk about something that you might have forgot about Uh-oh. that I remembered. oh Starting. Ah, yeah. When we it's talk a battery about... battery issue. Yeah, I don't know if it's a battery issue, clutch issue. For some reason, this bike does not like starting in gear. Right. Like, 
It will, but you almost need to like roll the bike forward with the clutch in to get it get to the drag away. To, to get some drag away. Yeah. It will crank and crank and crank and crank until the battery dies like it did on me and I had to bump start it. And then we put a firepower battery in. We did. And, and that's been good, but it still doesn't like to start in gear. So yeah, I went trail riding with with Gary and Ricky and same thing, man. In gear. And just And I notice if you turn it over long enough. The starter will just shut off, and it won't let the button activate. Yeah, you push the button, right? It won't do anything for, I don't know, five seconds. Right. And then it's back to trying again. Right. So I don't know if that's just kind of a like a relay reset kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, but kill the battery. It didn't leave me stranded. Luckily, I was on a downhill. I could bump start it. But these bikes do not like starting in gear. I don't know what that's going to mean for desert guys who have dead engine starts, if they're just going to start it in neutral and jam it in gear or yeah. what. But So we stuck a firepower battery in. We weighed them. Eight ounces lighter than the standard battery. Oh, I mean, I'm sure you guys aren't worried about weight if you're on an FX, but very good batteries. Had no problems. And that one then. hasn't died on me. Yep. Um, people always say, "Hey, Keith, I need to put this on a battery charger." You know, during the you know, if I'm not going to ride it for three, four weeks, you shouldn't have to. No, you shouldn't have to. I've we've left my I've left several of my test bikes with batteries in my garage, cold weather, 30 to 40 degrees. A month goes by, I come in, bloom, bloom, starts, no problem. Yep. The so, firepower ones are really good. Yeah. So um, if you're looking for a replacement battery, firepower is what I've tried. I haven't tried any others, so I'm not going to comment. But the things that I've tried, I will comment, and this has been okay for us here um, over on our test bike side. Uh, as far as oil and st- oil and maintenance, you how far are you going? Every four or five hours? Every four or five hours, yeah. Oil, oil change, or oil filter, oil change. Try to stick with petroleum blend oils, people. I know Yamahas are finicky with synthetic blends, and I know Yamaha has synthetic blends in their own, in their own oil. I always try to stick with the petroleum-based oil. Um, if you are going to synthetic oil, of course, Blood Lubricants has synthetic that I've tried in several of my test bikes, and that is okay. I have tried other synthetics, um, and... It's been a nightmare for my clutch. I don't get the long clutch life that I get out of a petroleum-based oil or this blood lubricants oil. Um, when I first got on with these guys as blood lubricants, I wasn't sure. And I was like, hey, send me some stuff first. And I tried it, expecting to get a clutch drag, clutch slip within the you know, first two, three hours. I never got it. Um, so the engine temps went down um, like 28 degrees. I know I'm not rounding it, so um, 30 degrees or so. But... Clutch Life was as good as Petroleum Blend. So it's up to you what you guys want to do, but just watch out for some synthetics. It just makes your clutch drag and slip. And guys out there listening, some of you may not know what that sounds like. If you're coming out of a corner and you're... That's your clutch dragging and slipping. It's almost If your engine's revving and your wheel's not spinning, then... Your bike still is a little slower. Yep. Check your clutch. Right. And changing the oil... Not going to do anything. Right. Like if it's smoked, it's smoked. Right. It's game over time. So we're going to put some more time on this sucker. I don't think we're going to do anything that much to it besides nope. what we're doing. We're just going to put time on it, right? I might want to bite my tongue. I might want to race a hair and hound. We'll see if I get that bug again. Yeah, we need to. Hair yeah. and hound's coming on board with this podcast. Oh, right on. So maybe we can get you a free entry. I might have to do that. And we're going to have maybe an experience. Well, maybe that'd be a good podcast to talk about the experience of hair and hound racing. You it's, come from it, so you yeah, know all about it. It's but, been a couple years since I've done it. So. But a lot of these people out there listening to this maybe be scared of it. Right. And, oh, my God, it's a hair and hound. It's too fast. But I, I grew up racing them, and they're fun, dude. You don't have to go wide open. You don't have to be Brabeck and just send it through rock gardens. Right. Yeah, you don't have to do that. It's okay. Just chill down. Right. It's a good word for this podcast. Chill yeah. down. Are you going to come ride a hair and hound? Maybe. You're such a liar. No. Uh, if It has to be the right one for me to go do. Got to be wet. No, not be... even the wet one. I would like to go do one out of state. I mean, oh, I've ridden okay. in Lucerne Valley, right? right? I get it. I know what it's about. And right. if you haven't been there, it's an experience. Right. But I I've, was grown up out here, so right. I, I would like to go. I've done a Utah National before. That's fun. I've Idaho's never, good. They have a couple I know that were they're out of state. I did Idaho a few yeah. times. It was good. I went with Gary to Texas. That looked kind of cool. It was real sand dunes. Mm-hmm. A lot of dunies. As uh, as Travis would say, Burmy. Travis does not like Burmy tracks. I'd make a track. It's too Burmy. I need he, ruts. No, it's no berms. Oh, he doesn't like soft. Nah, he's kinda... out. When it's Burmy, mm-hmm. it's out. He doesn't like the fluff. Yeah, All right. No. So 
that's kind of the update on the 2019 Yamaha YZ450FX. If you have any questions, hit Michael up at michael at keyforinktesting.com. Make sure they're good questions. Yep. And chances are we have a lot of that information up on my website, keyforinktesting.com. All of these maps are up on the story I did on the FX, which was, I don't know, probably a couple weeks ago. All okay. the maps are there, so don't email me asking for those maps. Just go on the website and check them there. Don't be lazy. Yeah, don't be lazy. Just go to the website. All the information We're you need. We're happy to help when it's needed. Right. Send me an email. I'm glad but to answer questions. We do have normal lives. Right. We do have a life outside of dirt bikes. Maybe more so you than me. Yeah, I mean, I got a, <laughs> I got a baby on the way. 90% I mean, yeah. of my life is dirt bikes. Yep. But yeah, Michael's got a kid. He's got a savage nurse for yep. a wife that yep. doesn't take any shit and will beat his ass if he doesn't spend time with her. So her pregnant ass will beat my ass. Yes, yeah. exactly. So for those of you guys listening out there that has had a wife that was pregnant, yeah. you know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks guys for listening. We'll be back more with some more off-road stuff coming up. I talked about off-road shootout. I think that's going to happen, but we're going to go with 250s. Okay. How's that sound? Sounds good. All 250s for the shootout. Vital did a 451. Kind of don't want to follow them. Right. Kind of want to do our own thing. Yep. Let's do a fun play bike. Kinda, I, I kind of look at those as play bikes, right? Yeah. It's their, their 250s. They're fun, though. Dude, yeah, they're really 250 fun. 250RX, YZ, 250FX. Yep. Dude, fun bikes. Really right. fun bikes. KTM. Yep. Fun. So we got Yamaha, Honda, KTM, KTM Husky. Husky. Yeah. If other guys want to play, yep. they'll, they'll let us know. Yep. Some of those other I brands. I would love to see more off-road bikes. Beta have a 250RR, right? Mm, Beta two, has two one. Two-stroke. No, I thought they have a 250, don't they? I don't think they have a 250. Oh, okay. So um, we'll be doing that here soon. It's been good weather in California. We do have some single track. Sorry, East Coast guys. We're not going full waterfalls, um, routes, and slipperiness. And I wish. I wish, yeah, yeah. which would be nice. But uh, anyway, thanks for listening. Support the sponsors that support this show, please. Listen to the commercials. It's only about 12 minutes out of your life. There's discount codes in there. Save yourself some money. Support yourself by supporting the show. Save yourself some money. Don't piss off your wife. But thanks for listening. Again, any questions, Chris at KieferInkTesting.com. Or Michael at KieferInkTesting.com. We just have some new Kiefer Ink Testing stuff coming. T-shirts and hoodies. I'm getting more hats for you. Nice. I know you love hats. Mine's blown out, yeah. And uh, for those women out there or men that have wives, Heather's going to create a couple new styles for women. That's her job. She looked good today. She had a nice trendy sweater on. Yep. Yep, she looked good. So if you have any uh, you know, T-shirt hoodie needs, hit up Heather at KieferInkTesting.com, and we're happy to help. So thanks for listening. Enjoy your week.